Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. If you're going after a certain sector of businesses, whether it's in a black neighborhood or a Hispanic neighborhood or whatever type of neighborhood that you're going to in America and I hear selling, you want these types of businesses, then you need to have it reflected in your company because some of the things now, people are getting smart now. They're going to your website and they're looking to see who your board members are. They're looking to see who's the executive leadership. Is there any representation that actually looks like them or talks like them or possibly even understand the business needs or the lack of in these communities across America right now? Covenant Pay CEO Quincy McKnight, and he is our special guest on this episode, episode 152 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. As a fully registered ISO looking to really change the payments industry, one of the questions I asked Quincy was how he prioritizes something like diversity and inclusion in a small company that already has so many priorities when it comes to establishing growth and momentum in the industry. His answer, leadership reflects attitude. Whatever they're putting out at the top will be what's executed at the bottom. According to Quincy, Covenant Pay has a strong company culture that encourages diversity and rewards employees who aren't afraid to bring ideas to the table. And from an industry perspective, he will be the first to admit that it's very obvious diversity and inclusion is not being practiced as a priority within our ecosystem, given the lack of female and minority leadership. Tune in this week as we continue our deep dive into diversity and inclusion and get some good perspective from the only fully registered ISO that is completely minority-owned. Hear how they do it and what makes it successful. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, Quincy. We just wanted to remind you that we had you on the show back in May of 2021. So this time, we're going to catch up on your business a little, but we're going to focus the majority of the time on diversity and inclusion. That is our theme for the month of March, and this episode is going to be a part of that. So, Quincy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. It's good to be back with you. If you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, maybe a few things like that. Sure. I'm born and raised right here in Nashville, Tennessee, one of the greatest cities in America. Born and raised here, started my business here, raised my family here, do life here, man. I love to travel, but I love the city here and love the business atmosphere and the people and city just full of opportunity and full of diversity here. More and more people are moving here. It seems like we get more Californians and Texans here. I'm not complaining. So (laughs) it's good for business. (laughs) Good, good, good. Tell us a little bit about Covenant Pay. Sure. Covenant Pay, we are an ISO, fully registered ISO. We are a company that thrives on improving technology and trying to stay ahead of the game out here, the rat race that we all are in. We are a small operation, but we have lines and visibility lines that run across the globe from here to the Philippines. So we try to stretch ourselves with our visibility, our control, and our efficiency that we toot a horn about to all our merchants. You know, And we want to really change the payments industry just because right now it seems like it only benefits the big players. Transparency is really one of those places where we want to be very, very helpful to people just because of what's happening in the industry right now around the world. And what was your background before starting Covenant Pay? 
Oh, I've been in the payments industry for it'd be 24 years in the May of this year. But my career started with, I think I started with Transworld when it was around. <laughs> it was a long time ago, man. And then I completed my corporate career with WorldPay in 2013. And then that's when we kind of struck out and wanted to kind of do my own thing here. So got tired of paying the big man all our corporate dollars on commission, man. So it was time to put those experiences to use and relationships to use. And were you always on the sales side of the business? I was. I was always on the sales side. But as you know, any good salesperson will tell you that eventually you got to start learning to take on other skills and crafts. And this is where the leadership kicked in. And this is where the corruption kicks in, as we'll talk about later. But that's where everything kind of kicked in for me and was like, hey, you're going to have to utilize and strengthen your networks to really get out here and make a big difference in our space and in your city. So that's where my mindset was. And is Covenant Pay, you said you're an ISO, are there certain verticals or product types you sell or you work in? Yes. So we concentrate on a couple of different industry types. One is healthcare. The other is gaming. The other is transportation. And we do a lot of B2B, online B2B. We own our own gateway. So we built it from scratch. We've got a great tech team that has been working hard with us for the last several years. So we're proud of what we've built and where we have come to in such a short amount of time. I would say that there's been a lot of positive movement within our company around the country. We've just been getting a lot of looks, a lot of ears, a lot of eyes are on us. We're just trying to truly make a difference out here with our products that we are truly trying to go into corporations and make a big difference on. Okay. And last time you were on the show in May, we talked about gruption, which <laughs> is good disruption. I thought it was a great term. So since May, what has Covenant Pay been up to? So what's new with the business? Sure. So as we all know, the payments industry is undergoing a massive shift right now. I mean, you've got more technologies changing how we do business. Consolidation of major players is a drag on innovation. So you're talking anywhere from crypto to all the blockchain technology pieces are trying to come in. So I think that where we are right now, we're focused on the corruption is where we are able to bring the good, positive technologies that it's going to require to move America forward. That's where we are. That's where we want to see business moving forward. We don't want to see anybody business being left behind because they don't understand technology. And so that's one of the things that we're great at is the fact that we are paying attention to what's happening, watching the shifts change. And then we can also look at our existing platform and look at our existing customer database right now. We try to implement that corruption into their way of doing business, such as some of our healthcare companies that we do business with and our e-commerce and our blockchain partners and a few of the nonprofits that we represent. I would say that heavily <laughs> where the corruption comes in. So you see crypto and blockchain as part of the corruption movement? Oh, of course. Yeah. So we did a national partnership with OpenNote. I don't know if you saw our PR release on it, but we did a release with them a couple of months back and they are strong on that lightning network. And so we've been able to partner with several different providers around this country and different business industries of where we can actually go in and offer the services that will execute funding faster. We're just selling another avenue, another currency model that we feel that will be beneficial not only to that business, but it will help keep America's the economic policies and advisories moving forward. Because right now, as an example, 
China right now is leading the world in payment technology. And it's not just due to their population. People said, oh, it's just because they got more people. No, it's nothing to do with people. It's actually because they're getting off their hands and actually doing something. They actually want to be number one because I don't believe that people in America, I don't think they realize that it's race and it's truly a race. Honestly, I believe that they want to erase the American dollar. And so because of things like this and what's happening globally, we want to make sure that we stay ahead of it as much as we can and make sure that we partner with the right people. And so that's where that corruption comes in under that blockchain piece. Yeah, well, I appreciate the overview of the company and the update since we last spoke. But let's switch gears and talk about diversity and inclusion. That's the theme of the month. So if you don't mind, how would you define diversity and inclusion at the 50,000 foot level? So what does it mean to you and how do you define it? Diversity and inclusion? <laughs> you know, I am a person that looks like diversity and inclusion. I would like to say that because from a personal standpoint, my mother was white, and dad was black. And so it can't just be about race or gender. I don't like to be looked at when I walk into a room. I don't like to be looked at as, oh, well, he's a black guy or he's a yellow guy or brown guy. I don't like that. People are different in many different ways. And those differences can make us stronger if we allow them to. So one of the things that I tell myself, but also tell people that are around me in my circles and employees, surround yourself with people who would challenge you and your beliefs because building a company of people with different views will stifle any innovation. And surely it's building a company with strong race or gender issues. And I tell this everybody, we're truly stronger together. You can't allow distractions to come in. And I think that's where a lot of us go south. A lot of companies, we don't practice this diversity and inclusion piece because we allow distractions to come in. And when I say distractions, I truly mean where employees or executive staffs are not held accountable for either things they say or the things they do or even how they view things. And I can even go to a step further with it, like big companies in our industry right now, they often have the resources meaning the time, money, and the people to focus on diversity. And I see how just this whole thing is just changing. We really have to make it a priority. And you bring that up, and I have had those bigger companies on the show. They talk about, hey, we've got all these affinity groups, and we've got someone dedicated to it. But I feel like our industry is also made up a lot of small and medium-sized companies. So how does your company view D&I and make sure that it's a priority when you're a smaller company with so many priorities? I mean, how do you prioritize this? Well, I'll say it like this. As we know of today, we're the only fully registered ISO, especially at the volume that we do, that's completely minority owned. We are the only ones out there. I haven't met one yet, and I've been in the industry a long time. And I will say that Making it a habit, making it a purpose to actually put the focus on this is very important because if you really break down the details in this stuff and you actually see the consumer transactions, if we are really paying attention as merchant processors, if we're paying attention to the actual transactions and where they're coming from, people will see that that from a cultural standpoint, that African-Americans are the number one spending population of people out here on the planet Earth. And tons and tons of debit transactions if you break it down. And so for us at Covenant, we always look for a culture fit, but also looking at the misfits as well. There's a fine balance there, you know, and employees that aren't afraid to bring new ideas to the table are employees that will help a small company grow beyond the resources they may have on paper. Is there anything that you 
do that is prescriptive or is it more of just a cultural fit kind of thing that you have to bring to the table? Let's say when you're hiring someone, is it something prescriptive you do or is it just, hey, here's our culture and we have to make sure you're a fit kind of thing? Put it to you like this. We don't allow any cancers into our organization. We've done it in the past. We've learned from our mistakes and we won't do it again. (laughs) And I think every company has gone through that. You think that you've got a good hire coming in and you realize that later on and it wasn't. We cannot and will not allow someone to come in into our culture and reformat it, reshape it, because it's just not good for business. It's not good for morale. And especially when they see that we focus and practice diversity, we practice diversity in a pretty much in a, just keep it real, this is an all white male dominated industry, even from the lack of women leadership, lack of that as well. And so when I see that their lack of women leadership as well as minority leaderships in these different organizations and groups around this country, all the way from the conferences that we all attend and see each other at to the organizations that place our policy and agendas in order, these things, it's very obvious Diversity and inclusion is not being practiced right here in our own industry. So it's just not affecting corporate America. It's right here in our own industry. And that's something that Covenant is willing to do is show and share and explain of offering solutions of this is how you can actually make a difference to an industry where you can actually reflect America or reflect the global society. We have very diverse people from different backgrounds that work for us, not just internally but externally as 1099 sales reps around this country. Because one color that we do all have in common is green, and that thing spins. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. You brought it up a little bit, but I want to dive a little deeper. So as an industry, whether you call it payments or fintech or payments slash fintech, as an industry or an ecosystem, how do you think we're doing? Are we getting better? Do we have a long, long way to go? What's your kind of view of the industry as a whole? I think right now that if... The intelligent ones, and I will say the intelligent with no disrespect to anyone else, but I think if the true leaders will step up and actually take the time to sit back and see the trend of where our global economic patterns are going, we can then sit back and make better decisions and directions for our companies. So when it comes to fintech and how we're implementing fintechs, because I've seen at Covenant, for example, we've gone from just being a merchant acquirer, we're becoming into a fintech company just because we're adopting SaaS-based software. We've partnered with SaaS-based companies. We've partnered with different vendors that offer these types of solutions. And now we're offering these partner or trying to sell and promote their offerings. So when these types of things are in our face, you are truly becoming into the fintech space and you have to understand it. And I would make one recommendation to get the people that are smarter than you around you to help you get to that place because you don't know all the answers. I don't know all the answers. I think we collectively have to come together to put some more respect on our industry because right now, sometimes it feels like it's a bunch of used car salesmen just running around. And I think we've got to get a better hold on that and get people actually focused on selling technology all the way to selling how to handle the relationship. And actually, we've been guilty of it in the past where we've hired people where they just saw the opportunity to make money on commission, but didn't understand what they were selling. So they just wanted to bring the relationships to the table. And that's okay if that's what that is. But we want to make sure that representation is there and we don't need it to send people out in our industry representing our industry that 
are just running off at the mouth just because they got a good mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Well, what more do you think we could do as an industry? Are there things that you've seen over your career to like, hey, that would have been a great opportunity for us to talk about diversity or inclusion or belonging or equity or any of those things that sort of falls under diversity and inclusion? Are there any specific things that you would recommend that we do as an industry? As I've stated earlier, I think if we go back to the drawing board and actually focus on why we're in business and why we're doing what we're doing and who are we truly serving out here, that will kind of help put some more common sense. And I'm putting that in quotations because <laughs> common sense is not common to a lot of people. And I think that if we focus on just getting back to the basics of treating our relationships with integrity and transparency and just getting to the basics of telling our salespeople and our leadership at that matter, that let our leadership reflect our attitude and vice versa. Because again, we represent transactions, man. It's bigger than what we can even realize. I try to sell tell people a lot that represent our products that this is not just about you. It's just not about me, but this is about teaching America. This is about teaching the citizens that we represent, the merchants we represent out here, what these transactions mean. Because you'd be surprised how many people don't even know what these numbers on their debit and credit cards are. They just know the swipe and that's it. So it's about an education. One of the things we do, and I'm not trying to harp too much on this, but one of the things that we love to do is educate a lot of our schools. We work with a lot of HBCUs across America, and we've implemented a program that will actually help educate individuals and students about our industry. And it's part of our give back program as well that we implement into HBCUs across the country. And what we'd love to do is to show that, hey, understand how your money works, understand how it flows, understand how business transactions are being done every time you go online to make these purchases. And so once we start at the basic levels of things like that, it helps put a little bit more respect on our industry and it actually attracts the right people because we're selling not just the understanding of it, but it also is teaching them, hey, I got a business model that I can look at once I graduate college. Or it's, this is also a business where you can just take in the community and just start teaching it. And you could do a lot with this industry. It's just in a very good place, I believe, but we got to have the right people executing it. How would you say that a company, and it could be large or small, but how do you make sure that you build this thought process about diversity and inclusion? How do you build that into your DNA? I think it's going to be a conversation of start at the top. Definitely have to start with the owner, the leader, multiple owners, whoever they are. It's going to have to start there because, again, leadership reflects attitude. And whatever they're putting out at the top is going to be what's executed at the bottom. And I think that it needs to be implemented that, for example, if you're going after a certain sector of businesses, whether it's in a black neighborhood or a Hispanic neighborhood or whatever type of neighborhood that you're going to in America and I hear selling, you want these types of businesses, then you need to have it reflected in your company because some of the things now, people are getting smart now. They're going to your website and they're looking to see who your board members are. They're looking to see who's the executive leadership. Is there any representation that actually looks like them or talks like them or or possibly even understand the business needs or the lack of in these communities across America right now? So I think that this is how and where we need to have these real conversations right now in DNI right now and how we can implement these things. So it's a matter of them getting educated, number one. They would have to get educated. And number two, they have to be open-minded. And number three, 
I would say, execution of the solution. Yeah, you know, one thing that I sort of thought of, and you just look at LinkedIn or any news, and all you see is the investment going into fintech and into payments, and you see all these acquisitions and companies going public. It's all sort of, I won't say chasing the dollar, but I feel like it may be a challenge to build in this diversity and inclusion type of mentality when you're taking all this money in and you're being told, you have to hit these numbers and here's our exit strategy. And I could be totally wrong and someone will probably tell me I am, (laughs) but I feel like in some ways that's pulling against the strategy that a diverse workforce is better. I could be totally wrong, but I'm just curious your thoughts on that. I'm going to equate all what you said into one thing. I'm not equating this to everyone by no means, but I use the word greed. And I think that when we operate in greed, we operate, oh, we've got to be the best. We've got to be number one. We've got to be this. I think that it's a failure. It's a recipe for disaster because, again, when one company or one organization feels like they have to be the best, be the biggest, want to buy up every single body out here, like the PayPal's of the world or the squares of the world, whoever, there's enough business for everybody to go around. There's enough money for everyone to make. Population is growing. Transactions are growing. More and more people are using less cash now. So again, transactions are increasing. So I just don't think that we have to just follow the money all the time because again, it takes away from our common sense just as treating people and treating our organizations and our companies. I just think we're missing out on a lot when we don't operate in that manner. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Well, Quincy, we've covered a lot of ground on this topic so far. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? I just want everybody to be good people. Be good humans out here, man. Do good business, make good transactions, and just treat everybody the same out here, man. Because once we close our eyes, man, we're going to have to answer for a lot of the things that we're doing behind closed doors. So I just want to make sure that we do business the right way. Real quick, can you tell the audience the best way for them to find out more about you and your company? Sure. By all means, websites, covenantpay.com, several different links on there, different industry links that we have that you can go and visit. And of course, we can do a deep dive just by reaching out to us. And you can send us an email at info at covenantpay.com. It's a catch-all email. But if you need me directly, you can reach me, quincy.mcknight at covenantpay.com. Go to our website and you can see our diversity. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Quincy, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate all of your insights on this important topic. And, you know, I hope we can keep the conversation going. And thanks for being on the show again. I really appreciate your time. Greg, thank you so much. And good luck on your shows as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 